Hello. Um, bear with me, my voice is a little bit different this week. I am not ill. Um, my voice just decided to do its own thing. So, um, yes, I haven't recorded any podcast episodes uh, apart from this little intro. So, yeah, bear with me. So, I clearly spoke too soon when I said that you were helping me make decisions on which episodes to release next because last week the vote was tied. So, I tossed a coin. And so with that, I am sharing Leonie's story of assertiveness and boundaries surrounding her experiences of free birth and growing her family. Leonie shares beautifully how she grew into who she is as a woman and as a mother across her three pregnancies to set boundaries that felt healthy and appropriate for her and her baby's needs. She also talks openly and honestly about her reflections looking back on that process and how the journey of learning or unlearning continues in parenting. You can find Leone on Instagram at birthwise.withleone and over on the Normal Boring Free Birth podcast with Victoria from at Free to Birth. See you in there. If you are affected by any of the content of the podcast, please talk to someone you trust and reach out for support from your local services. You can find some UK-based helplines and charities on my website, drjennapsychologist.com. Hello and welcome back to the Perinatal Podcast Growing Through with me, Dr. Jenna Bruff. So today we're going to talk about um, assertiveness and boundaries in pregnancy and beyond. And... um, I have Leonie joining us today and I'm so grateful for her time and her wisdom. So Leonie and I know each other through um, the It's Time to Talk About Physiological Birth Clubhouse. We're both members of the stage team there um, with the wonderful Kemi Johnson. Um, And I posted about assertiveness and boundaries having recorded an episode on someone else's podcast and asked if anyone would like to come to chat to me about their experience in pregnancy and beyond. And Leonie thankfully jumped into my DMs and said she would like to share her experiences and that assertiveness and boundaries were a big part of uh, her journey. So thank you for joining us, Leonie. Thank you, Jenna. Thanks for having me. So tell us, tell us sort of what, why it stood out to you as as being such a key part of your experience. What is your, what has been your process um, with assertiveness and boundaries? So it stood out to me because just generally in my life, I've had boundary issues, shall we say, in all areas. And it's something that I've really needed to look at. And I think the real shift into looking at my own boundaries started with my first pregnancy where, you know, I wasn't just thinking about myself anymore. I was thinking about my my baby. Mm. And I... But I didn't realise at the time that I was doing, I had severe boundary issues before pregnancy. I, in fact, only when I've been reflecting on my, so my third child is now, he'll be two in August. So it's been quite recent that I've noticed that there's this theme with boundaries all the way through my pregnancies. So I have only ever free birthed my children. It's just been me and my husband present for 
the birth. So on the surface, it looks like, well, of course, you're going to need to have strong boundaries because, you know, interacting with the medical system, I have been dipping in and out in some pregnancies. One, I had a totally unassisted pregnancy, so I was not involved at all. Um, it would look from the outside like I probably had quite strong boundaries. And I guess I did um, in terms of what I was going to be choosing and why. I felt quite clear in terms of like an image of sort of a protective bubble around myself going in. But I wasn't so clear that I needed to have strong boundaries and that that's what I was working through until I reflected back. That's the reflecting back part. And I think the asserting of boundaries has been key for my free births to really unfold as they did because yeah I don't want to be blasé but I feel personally for me that giving birth was the easy bit mm. like we've mentioned before and it's all the stuff around the edges that goes on that's the hard stuff that's what we need to navigate that's what we need to bat away or listen to or you know say thank you I understand what you're saying but I don't want to take this on as my own in whatever form of language you want to use so it's all of the other stuff all of the other people's stuff that is really big I think and that includes friends families medical institutions you know anything that is outside of this bubble that we can or that I was putting around myself and I think I had a sense of needing to be my own person in my first pregnancy because I didn't just land on free birth one day I very much kind of journeyed there throughout my pregnancy and it was becoming more and more clear as I went on that actually I didn't want to do just what everybody else was doing what I thought birth should be like I wanted to really do what I needed to do and what my baby needed me to do and so I found myself starting to decline things it was kind of later on in my pregnancy but having that sense of I am I've not just melted away into the whole, I am still kind of contained in my own unit with me and my baby. Um, and that's really come from, I very much did melt into the whole in an unhealthy way before my pregnancies. Mm. I was very much like, I got really ill to be honest with fibromyalgia, I was really poorly. And I think a lot of that was around boundaries and definitely going into the medical system not having a sense of who I was I was really looking to the doctors and the consultants to say tell me who I am <laughs> tell me what's going on for me and so I knew that if I needed to not repeat that because actually it was harmful for me I needed to have a sense of what I was about and what my baby was about and so this was a big part of the transformation from I thought birth was in a hospital on your back to free birth for my first mm -hmm. child and so I did have a kind of clear sense about needing to do my own thing um but I still wasn't you know I'm not an angry free birther I'm not like which is fine but I'm not I'm not there shouting loudly about it I talk to people who would understand about it um I'm quite I think gently assertive in my boundaries and in my views. I don't, I don't want to talk to people who don't want to talk about it for a start. Um, that's a waste I, of energy, right? 
I think so yeah and you know we, we need to conserve that don't we especially mm. in pregnancy and so I was never particularly public about my plans for free birth I, I did want to keep that quite contained um and so I yeah I kind of had a sense of who I was where I was going what my plans were not massively sharing it with loads of people but still I think because I wasn't so open about it in the beginning I was quite vulnerable and open to still taking on other people's fears other people's opinions and even if they're well-meaning I still felt open to that and to them and so I feel that that I mean it was my first baby with hindsight you know it's a great thing isn't it but that really huge transition from no children to a child yeah I felt really open to other people's opinions and stuff and so as I was going through this massive transition from no children to one child I think that I didn't have a sense of who I was in that respect in becoming a mother and so I feel like my bond with my eldest was not what I hoped it would be I feel that I was still unsure about who I was as a mother because I was just having I mean it's a huge transformation anyway Mm. but I think I sort of forgot about that bit I was so focused on the birth as I hear quite a lot Mm. Um, I was focused on the birth the pregnancy and the birth I sort of forgot that I might struggle or I I didn't know what it was going to be like of course when I had my baby and so when I became a mother my boundaries crumbled (laughs) you know I think we're wide open anyway when we have children and in a way that was great because my baby was so close I was so close to him he was so close to me we were we were still as one but I didn't have a sense of what were my own views what were my own sort of parenting beliefs and styles and stuff like that and I feel like I was so unsure about who I needed to be for my baby that I feel that it affected our bond Mm. and so I think my second child um was somewhere kind of in the middle of my eldest and my third and those are the two sort of extreme that I that I'm comparing I guess so with my third I've very much had a sense of clarity about where I was going with the pregnancy where I was going in terms of free birth um I didn't I didn't feel nervous I didn't feel scared I felt a bit stressed but I had two other children but in just in terms of me and my bubble with my baby I didn't feel um wobbly actually I felt very connected to him from the very beginning um as soon as I found or felt like I was pregnant and there's just something different about this pregnancy I felt like I finally had the space that I needed to drop into that connection with my child I could finally quieten everybody else's voices and say that's not my story I don't want to do that this is what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and again it wasn't a loud thing it was a really gentle thing but I finally something just clicked into place you know four and a half years five years into my to my mothering journey but 
I felt like the way that I was making decisions in my third pregnancy was very, very different to my first. I my first I went along with pretty much everything until the very end when I started mm. to realize that I could actually just say no to stuff. My second pregnancy was totally unassisted. I didn't have any antenatal care, you know, during the birth or postnatally. But my third, I dipped in and out and I felt like my intuition was a lot stronger. I was clearer. I wanted blood pressure monitoring and I wanted to hear my baby's heartbeat and that was it. And I felt really able to say, this is what I want. And then I'm going to step away when I've kind of got what I needed essentially. And I feel like this this space that my child and I had, although it wasn't the total space away from the medical system as it was with my second, um, it was very clear and special. And I feel like my bond with him is really strong in a way that it it's just different to my first and second. I want to say it's stronger. I feel like it's stronger. I feel like I we still breathe together as one unit almost two years in and I don't know I feel more relaxed I feel happier I feel like I have more of a connection with him I think he has more of a connection with me I feel more energized I feel safer in our relationship and I think he feels those things too and I find it really interesting that I think as a society we've got this really kind of fearful view sometimes towards boundaries that you know they're constrictive or whatever I feel like boundaries keep us safe we need boundaries they're a container and I think that that has translated into my relationship with my youngest by it being a stronger connection between us and I feel much less fearful about asserting myself as his mum I feel like I finally stepped into the like energy of mother that I've been wanting to be this whole time because I haven't got the influence of other people um or I'm not listening to them or whatever it is I've you know everything's just kind of slotted into place finally um and it feels good it feels good I'm coming to really love boundaries like I used to hate them I used to really hate them. I used to feel penned in and you know always push back against them but I can see their benefit now and I can see that in parenting as well you know I can see my kids don't like it when I've got poor boundaries mm. they don't like it they're calling out for boundaries they start you know playing up or whatever and they're really calling for I don't feel safe I need you to be stronger in this boundary and I notice that when I just step up a little bit, because it's not very much, it's very subtle, but when I step up and I just assert myself as, you know, the leader of the group, then everything kind of calms down and they know where they stand. They know their role is to be a child and my role is to be the mum and everyone kind of knows their position and everyone just does what they need to do. <laughs> And I think oh, that's, yeah, it feels um, there's good. So much, there's so much that you've said that I want to del- delve into. It, it's so beautiful and so illustrative, I think. The, the first thing is what you just said. And when you say stepping up into boundaries, again, with our children, that can't be 
aggressive or um, holding a boundary is not aggressive. Putting Mm. in a boundary is not aggressive in the same way that you said they're gentle boundaries, they're boundaries with sort of confidence and with conviction, but not with anger or aggression, because that wouldn't have the positive impact that you've seen with your children. Um, And I think that there is a bit of a misconception out there that that boundaries are something that's sort of harsh or, yeah, restrictive or um, about sort of, yeah, penning people in, like you said, and, and controlling things. And actually, that's not it's 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 the language isn't it and the way that it's done that's actually quite different um and the other thing that I wanted to to pick apart is the the process so from your first pregnancy into your second pregnancy into your third pregnancy and sort of how it's gone from you've gone through that sort of learning like in your first pregnancy you had in your words sort of no or poor boundaries and then towards the end of the pregnancy you knew where you wanted to get and towards the end of the pregnancy you started to put those boundaries in but it but you had a lot of care that you maybe didn't want or you were influenced by other people's opinions earlier on in that pregnancy um and then in your second pregnancy you had nothing which you know I don't I don't know you you can correct me was it's going from sort of all or nothing to actually I'll take what I need and that's okay. And my boundaries are firm enough and I feel confident with them enough that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I can listen to what I want, take what I want and leave the rest. And I think that's really hard for people to do if they don't Mm. have good boundaries is to say, I think people go all or nothing into anything, into sort of like we're talking about um, standard maternity care in the system or like a parenting approach, like read the book, do gentle parenting. And it feels like all or nothing. And when people don't know themselves and I guess it's about knowing yourself as well and feeling Mm. that you've got the boundaries around what is you and what is everything outside of you. Um, And then once you've got that, you can take what you want from anything. You know, you don't have to have a label like, I do gentle parenting and if I don't do it all the time and I know Sarah Ockwell Smith will say it's it's not about doing it all the time and it's not about perfection and that's not it but I think some people think that it is and Mm. that's probably because they've got difficulties with boundaries knowing what what's theirs and what's others what's their what other stories are um so yeah so it's like that whole process across but please correct me if I'm wrong about if it felt very different to you in terms of sort of all the all or nothing and how that related to boundaries no I think I think that's right you know it was it well that's one way of looking at it for sure and that does resonate but I think it was all and then it was nothing but my process around my second pregnancy was I had just had this free birth you know recently a couple of years before and so my last experience had been away from the system and so Mm. I was very much starting off with that perspective like I'm not going to immediately you know I have a choice I don't have to just Mm. phone my GP and I think when I discovered that I thought oh okay that's interesting what I don't I don't have to just go along this pathway okay so I've got choices great and I remember at the time I just did not like any of the GP surgeries locally to me I felt really 
quite strong in my intuition like I don't want to go near those places and so it just never felt like the right time or the right thing to opt in um it wasn't I didn't start off from the beginning thinking oh I'm just gonna completely oh yeah you would have have accessed it if you needed to yeah it just wasn't wasn't ever the right time it just Mm -hmm. didn't arise and so it just I kind of carried on you know I'll I'll seek help if I need it and I don't need it so I'm not going to seek it just yet um so yeah that but then I think that really translates into my third where I yeah I took what I needed and then Mm. left because I was clear um why I wanted those things I think that's the important part as well isn't it you know why why would you be opting in for something if you know that you don't necessarily need to but you want to why is it or why are you not um just really digging deep into those sort of decision making um processes and there's something that you said a couple of minutes ago actually that I wanted to just go into a bit more around the labels and you know the parenting styles and the being boxed into a thing and I I definitely had that at the beginning I thought maybe many people do but I I want to parent in this way so I'm going to follow this kind of school of thought or whatever I mean I've got degree in philosophy so I'm very much kind of you know following paths and threads of thought and so I thought that to be a parent in this way means this this and this and I felt like well if I have these feelings arise that don't fit with that model then I must be doing it all wrong I must be failing it felt it felt really restrictive actually to be trying to fit myself into a label whereas I'm not saying that we're all you know outside of labels or whatever or maybe we are I don't know (laughs) but (laughs) I think coming back to ourselves always you know what is my story what is another person's story what is what is my child because nobody has parented my child before this is this is me I need to do this and they haven't read the parenting books they don't know what they're supposed to be doing you know they are nobody's written a book about my child yet and yeah I'm sure there are massive themes that arise in schools of sort of parenting and 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 stuff but nobody knows my child and I think that's that's the really important thing to step into as a parent and as anybody who's pregnant you know I am the expert in my body nobody knows my body nobody knows my child like I do and so stripping away I think we can take influence and you know learn things I don't know I like the DIY approach I like saying Mm. well I like this bit from there and that bit from there and maybe that tried it doesn't quite work or I'm gonna just ignore everything and just go with what my gut is telling me around this which I think is important but the same for pregnancy as well like what 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 do you need on a sort of moment by moment basis and it's that sort of responsive I think if I was to go into a label I would call myself a responsive parent and a responsive pregnant woman I don't know you know really just responding to the situation in real time um and that can change yeah I'm not about to sort of latch onto an ideology the same Mm. with free birth if my next child told me that they needed to go to the hospital then I would go to the hospital and I would birth them there I'd really like to not do that you know I love free birth but I'm not I don't feel these constrictive labels are helpful yeah and and I think 
I've seen sort of variations of, of these things happening. And I just wanted to clarify, I was not suggesting, I knew that you would be responsive to your baby's needs, of course, but I just, the, the, the theme of going from sort of all or nothing to yeah. choosing, I think is one that lots of people could benefit from sort of understanding that actually it doesn't need to be those things. Um, and it ca- and this is the best, the best option is doing what's right for you, not what is create what not what boxes are created for us that we're expected to sort of jump into um yeah in terms I've seen quite a lot out there where people sort of go through this these periods of growth in really important transitions in their life and go through experiences that you know good bad you know everything just transformative experiences which obviously includes sort of pregnancy and birth and then it's sort of like I need to I need, I need to identify with something to feel okay. Um, mm. and, and that is more about relating to others than it is knowing ourselves and feeling confident in ourselves. And I think that is one of the big things that underlies poor boundaries and difficulty with being assertive and feeling confident in our decisions. And not feeling like we need to defend our decisions. You know, we've, we, we, we'll hear it everywhere. No is a full text sentence in terms of maternity care. And, you know, you don't need to justify why. But we do it so much. Like, when those people are in this, this is a totally random example, not unrelated to maternity. But when you're in the supermarket and those people ask you if you've got time to chat about whatever charity or whatever insurance product in the hallway at the supermarket, it, maybe it's a British thing but we say no no I, I need to do this or no I haven't got this or I have like you don't need to give them a reason you can just say no and walk away but we so don't so much of the time um yeah so much of the time like no thank you and walk off that is not rude but it's we've been conditioned to think that that's really rude yeah totally and <laughs> I'm laughing because that's another area that I you know boundaries are so real with that because I think in that example I've come to a place now for sure where I'm just I say no sorry and I or sometimes I do stop and chat if I you know on the rare occasion I feel like I want to engage but Mm. pretty all the time I say no but before I had done a lot of work around boundaries I would I'd say no sorry I'm so sorry I'm in a hurry or you know all of the things that you just said because it felt like an emotional pull I felt like that was all of the emotional story you know I want to be a good girl I didn't want to upset them I didn't want to lie I didn't want to do anything wrong I felt obliged to speak Mm. to them and I, I think that feeling of obligation underpins so much yeah and so where I feel confident to say no thank you or no sorry is because the emotion has been taken out of it it's a straightforward question do you have time no I don't sorry Mm. you know it's quite simple and I think we can adopt the same approach almost in like a midwife appointment if they're offering you a test that you don't want you don't have to necessarily have all of that emotional stuff there and all of that obligation and all of the stuff that we're sitting on particularly as women it can be a very simple almost transactional sort of conversation do you want this service no thank you I don't that's it you know but I know it's not that simple I know it's really complicated and as soon as you step foot 
through the doors you know boundaries often <laughs> really sort of crumble I, I'm speaking from personal experience I'll own it you know I walk through the door still and I still feel like I melt you know melt into the background and I just become institutionalized as soon as I set foot through those doors it's not as bad as it used to be for sure um but I know that that's what I'm like and so that's not a safe place for me to be because I know that that's what my body needs to not be anywhere near in terms of birth I know that the boundaries that I need to have to keep me safe so that I can birth safely is actually far away from the medical institution that is my boundary because I know that I'm still working on it when I engage with the medical system and yeah that was an interesting one to unpick actually it's safer for me to not birth around medical staff but in the moment let's let's think about the discomfort of being in those situations and Mm -hmm. feeling like our the evolutionary part of us that lived in tribes and communities and it would be really detrimental to us to not acquiesce Mm -hmm. and to not conform to people in perceived positions of power or people in perceived positions of respect or you know just other members of our community it would be essentially dangerous actually um and that's that immediate discomfort completely contrasts with the post hoc analysis of that wasn't the right thing for me and actually I feel worse that I've and that's so much of what we see in birth trauma in you know Mm. postnatal period and people saying I never like at work I would never have a problem with being assertive some people do have have difficulties with assertiveness in all areas of their life which I think those people would really benefit from doing some really good sort of work in their pregnancy around preparing for birth and deciding what they want and how to how to get that and how to assert themselves um but even when people have done a lot of work on their boundaries or feel like they're quite an assertive person in these situations there's this sense of discomfort that brings out this submissiveness or this acquiescence in in us isn't there Mm. but the discomfort it's short-term discomfort for long-term benefit benefit yeah um and so much work on ourselves and in our parenting is that holding boundaries in parenting and supporting our children in the best way is is often sort of punctuated by short-term discomfort for long-term benefit um yeah so uh, yeah that discomfort I think is something that people misinterpret as meaning that they should make a decision that in the moment feels more comfortable Mm. yeah it's responding to that it's a really good point I think we can we can shy away from that can't we it feels it feels just it feels horrible that discomfort it doesn't feel good it feels icky but sometimes I don't know I kind of liken it to the plaster you know do we want to rip it off or or peel it off slowly and I think maybe that's a bit of a weird analogy actually but it's gonna be you know you can't it's gonna come up at some point and I think just be brave and it's okay you're safe I mean 
I also recognise that I do speak from a place of privilege. It's not always safe for everybody to just say no. And I think we have to talk about that as well. But yeah, it's discomfort that a lot of people shy away from, myself included, because... I don't know will it ever end you know we don't always know that it's just a short-term thing but I guess it's a bit like a muscle we do it more and more and slowly we get more confident at doing it yeah um I just wanted to mention something that you said a few minutes ago actually about the community and you know it being detrimental to us when we essentially do something that comes away from the community is that sort of what you were saying that's what our brain wants us to believe when it's Mm. in survival mode um from my perspective as a psychologist when we think about fight flight freeze fawn it's really basing basing it off that false alarm because it's a false alarm it's not a genuine alarm um because we are safe we are generally safe um but what we find often is that then we don't we default to those patterns we default to the patterns of, of of conforming or agreeing or not saying no or doing things that we necessarily don't want to do um because when we're feeling that sense of fear our thinking brain and our decision making brain and our executive functioning is not running the show our our sort of survival brain is and it depends what survival and safety means to us and what it's been what we've learned it means as well mm. what are your thoughts I was just thinking about, so, you know, we've got this need for connection and that's often why, yeah, we, we fall into, yeah, sort of submissive mode or subservient or, you know, we, we don't want to be separate from the group. We want to be in connection with people. And I was thinking about, you know you're saying as part of the community we will be more naturally sort of naturally subservient to the leaders and it's that it's that dynamic which I find really interesting because I think yes wouldn't that be great if we could in pregnancy if we could relax if we could be submissive almost to the flow that's happening if we could be totally safely held if the leadership was right if it was honest if it was doing its job properly um you know on a grand scale I don't mean on a day-to-day you know Mm -hmm. in the office or basis I mean if it was true leadership that really had the people at its Mm -hmm. heart and the well-being of the women the community babies the community at heart exactly if there was a good leadership then the people would want to follow them and it's when you know why would you want to follow a leader who's harming you you of course you wouldn't but as you were saying you know we naturally would be falling into that relationship because it's terrifying actually being in isolation and I guess I'm I'm kind of in this interesting position well I reflect on it and I find it interesting that I did choose to birth with just my husband because traditionally birth would be a community event. You know, you would be in a red tent perhaps or just surrounded by women, other sisters, wise women. Um, Mm. And I've always thought 
for me was that you know was that a trauma response was that I don't want to go anywhere near I mean partially it was that I don't want to go anywhere near the medical system but there was also something about the strength of connection that I have with my husband that yeah I don't have that with a community of women I don't have that um you know we're so sort of disjointed generally Mm. that I don't trust anybody else man or woman (laughs) to be there at at the birth of my children so yeah I don't know just thought I'd throw that in it's it's that we have dissolved communities we've dissolved that sense and it's not it's not strong on one hand but then when our um false alarm goes off and we want to remain connected that's not necessarily with the people with who who are in our immediate community or who have our like we said the people's best interests um at heart on a sort of systemic level um so we've actually got the worst in both ends haven't we got the worst. look at us just reflecting on how horrible society it's all ruined is. <laughs> but, but no but we have to that's why we very much have to connect in to know what what does safety mean to us what does connection mean to us and you know like you were saying if the leadership had was functioning well and was working with everyone's best interests at heart then the mother and the baby the parent and the baby's the dyad and that connection and intuition and instinct would be prioritized and it would be it would be much easier for people to connect into themselves and their baby like we this is a whole nother conversation isn't it but we default for other people like you mentioned about your experience with your health before pregnancy we default for other people to tell us what's wrong and what we need to do Mm. and we're so disconnected from ourselves and so many people are in that position at the start of pregnancy I was you know it's Mm. in our first in first pregnancies yeah and depending on our sort of journey and trajectory so many people are in a position where they're really disconnected from their babies and so the fitting in boxes and the all or nothing can feel like a a solution that makes us feel a bit more certain and safe you know because it's all about Mm. certainty and safety um but actually being really quite connected into ourselves and having good boundaries and understanding what it is that we need and we want means that we can like you say come and go as we please engage with what we need and and leave the rest without with always with a level of discomfort but that discomfort's not a bad thing like Mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing um and I often like when I'm working with people in therapy therapy is not easy healing change growth is not easy Mm. uh it's easy to stay the same it's easier to not develop awareness and to change um so there's always going to be some discomfort um Mm. but we've been sold this idea that actually we should avoid everything that makes us feel uncomfortable and there are various fixes out there that are going to help us instead um that's not the truth Mm. though is it I think when we first enter into motherhood the whole world gets ripped out from our feet and we've got to start again we don't know what the hell's going on what you know everything's upside down and like you said it's so easy that need for certainty is so strong mm. when we've come from a life where we can just do whatever the hell we want all the time then completely flipping that well you can't now because you've got a child and trying to fit into other people's labels I can really see that need for yeah stability but it's not it, it be careful I guess Mm, yeah it's a trade-off 
Um, this has been such an interesting conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your wisdom and reflections. Um, so, Leonie, I forgot to introduce you at the start, but this is real life. <laughs> we've had we've had no babies crying. My building work is finished in my house for anyone that was here on that episode. Um, so there's all got to be something that goes wrong because this is real life. Um, so Leonie <laughs> is a mom of three, which we already know now because uh, he's told us about her pregnancies. A birth keeper, a free birth specialist, which you should already know by now too, um, and a podcaster. Um, and your podcast is Normal Boring Free Birth. Is that right? Normal Boring Free Birth for Normal Boring People. People, yeah. yes. And where can people find you if they um, have enjoyed listening to you as much as I have and if they are thinking about what their options are for maternity care? Because that's sort of what you do, isn't it? Sort of supporting people who are wanting yeah. to consider what the choices are that they want to make in their pregnancy. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just before I say that, thank you so much, Jenna, for having me on to speak. It's been really lovely to chat with you. And yeah, I've got lots of food for thought from our conversation. Um, I do. I help women, families who are making the move away from mainstream care. So I'm not in the middle of the fire. I'm not saying, you know, you should all definitely free birth. I'm just here if you want to know more and you're mm -hmm. considering moving away I can help you with that so I'm, I'm on Instagram primarily I am at birthwise.withleone and the podcast also has a page we're at normal boring free birth uh website coming soon <laughs> don't have that just uh, yet but yeah Instagram is where I hang something. out there's always some growth <laughs> there's always something to do isn't there yeah brilliant thank you so much for your time Leone you're welcome thank you Jenna